Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm excited today because I have a, a friend and a rock star here that I am going to share with you. She is amazing. I met her several years ago because 
she and I were both affiliates for Marie Forleo. And Marie Forleo, uh, I probably don't even have to really talk about her. She's a rock star in herself. But I met Laura because Laura actually co-wrote a course with her called The Copy Cure. And Laura has been friendly with her for a really long time. And Laura and I were on the top 10 leaderboard for that affiliate launch. And we had a lot of fun. For any of you guys who have ever done affiliate launches, if you're, if you're affiliating for a fun team, it's a blast. It's a party. And there's lots of gifts and music and dancing that happens through that couple-week period. So Laura and I got to know each other. And then when Clubhouse launched, uh, Laura and I in the background were hanging out a lot back in the day as OGs. And if you can look at her bio, she's sitting down a couple rows below me and she'll speak up in a second. She does have about 10,000 followers in here and spent some time in here in the beginning too. She's the founder of Talking Shrimp and she's an award-winning copywriting expert. And she likes to call herself an unapologetic lazy person. <laughs> she's written TV spots for clients like NBC, Fandango, Bravo. And now she helps entrepreneurs and creatives cash in on their unique personalities, become binge worthy and get paid to be hundred percent themselves. So again, the copy care, her course with Marie Forleo helped thousands of creative pros to master and even fall in love with copywriting. And I brought her here today because I know that we talk a lot about building businesses. We talk a lot about marketing. We talk a lot about networking. We talk a lot about visibility. We talk a lot about getting seen online and, uh, I don't know. For me, I think that copywriting is probably one of, if not the most important elements of your marketing strategy. So I want to introduce you to my friend, Laura Belgray. Hey, Laura. Oh, hey there, Haley. Thank you so much for having me and um, pulling me back into Clubhouse. I haven't been here in a while. So it's kind of like, you know, when you like go back to your old school to your high school and you're like, oh my God, they added a new gym and they all have computers. And I'm going through here, like what their direct message is. There, so much has changed. What's this? So dessert? much, so much has changed yeah. when we used to hang out in the rooms of Paris Hilton and just laugh at everything, right? Right. <laughs> at one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm on with Tori Spelling on a stage. Yeah, but exactly. um, I'm thrilled to be on this one with you and talking about copywriting. This will be fun. Thank you for the intro. Yeah. And I want to talk not just about copywriting, but I also want to mm. talk about, I want to get deep into like your journey as an entrepreneur, because one of the things that a lot of us have been talking about, at least I have been talking about it a lot in my rooms, on my podcast, with my community is setting intentions and just sticking to them and getting shit done. And this is the time of the year, right? When everybody does that. And I know that you have had your own journey. <laughs> as an entrepreneur. So I definitely want to get the conversation moving in that direction too. But as I was starting this conversation with you, I was pulling up your site and uh, your media kit and you know, I'm in love with you anyway, fangirl, fangirl, fan <laughs> mutual, but I'm just like, Holy crap. Like you guys, she has spoken at traffic and conversion. She's spoken at unfair advantage live. She's spoken at copy chief live. She's spoken at live your message mastermind. I mean, just the Marie Forleo's rich, happy and hot live. Like the, Laura, you're like um, an absolute rock star. So I, I want you guys to make sure Aww. that you are, you know, looking on the, the stage right now. Like get your get your butt in the room, like tap your your app so you can actually see it, and you're not just listening from afar. And if you go one, two, three, four, I think it's four rows down. One, two, three. I can't count because my thing's moving so fast. One, Me two, neither. three, four, five rows down five rows. to the right. Laura's sitting right there, and uh, check her out. Check her out. Check her out. So. Anyway, let's get into it. Um, let's actually start with your journey. Like what, first of all, like how did you get into doing what you're doing 
And then I want to talk to you about the last like 20 months or so. Yeah, it's funny. So you brought up Marie Forleo. She was entirely instrumental in me being in this online space. I was writing promos for TV. If anyone doesn't know what promos are, they're those commercials for the actual network that go during the commercials. It'd be like Tonight on Friends, which is a really dated one. Uh, another dated one is it's not TV, it's HBO. Um, so those are promos and that's what I was doing. And it was a dream job and I really loved it for a long time, but was in a little bit of a creative rut. And when I met Marie Forleo, uh, met her at Crunch and in hip hop class and she was- Was she teaching time, or was she, was she, she a She wasn't teaching yet. She was another student, always in the front row, always um, like, bouncy hair, bouncy boobs, perfect body, hitting all the moves, just hit, hit, hit. And the teacher would always be like, Marie, can you come up here and, you know, demonstrate? And uh, I hated her because she was just annoyingly adorable. And she then still, we started still has the bouncy hair, the perfect boobs and the perfect she, body. She really does. None of that has gone away. And that is her, her real hair, if anyone's wondering. I was wondering. She gets accused a lot of <laughs> extensions or too much extensions. That's all her. Um, so we started talking one day and she turned out to be really nice. And it's like, oh, crap. Now I have to like her, uh, which I did. And we started walking home together every day. And um, I, at the t around that time, start no actually it was years later we'd become friends and uh i created a website for myself and um it was just to host my reel for of tv spots so that i didn't have to send dvds which is what you did then to networks and promotion companies and marie said to me uh what are you going to have as your opt-in and I was like, my what in? And she's like, oh, gosh, okay. Uh, you need a freebie. You need to create an email list. Your list is gold. Babe, and by the way, what, how long ago was this? Just so we can get like this. This was in 2009 when we were having this conversation. And I was creating Not my website. Ago, relatively speaking. I mean, no. Right. Although also a lifetime. I mean, there's also the Stone Age yeah, in a way um, of, the, of the Internet. But she had known for years. She had been a life coach and studied marketing and online marketing and already had an ebook. And when you opened up her website, there was like a pop up that started talking to you, which always scared the crap out of me. Um, I'd open it up and it would be like, hi, I'm Marie. Get these eight secrets to, you know, or like these eight mistakes that even smart women make in business. And um, so that was an opt in, but I didn't know it. So she said, you have to have an opt in. You have to build an email list. You, uh, you're going to have a blog, right? And it's like, isn't it? kind of too late to have a blog. It's 2009. Uh, she's like, no, you oh aren't. You have to have a blog. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I put those things. She diagrammed on a yellow pad, a legal yellow pad, how to have an opt-in and how to sign up for AWeber and the confirmation email that would, you know, that you would send out automatically. And somehow I managed to parse all of it and put it on my website and I started getting signups. And uh, she also had me speak at her first live event, which was called Rich, Happy and Hot Live. And it was like 50 people in a room at the Soho house. 
and a few of them started coming up to me after I, I gave a talk on copy, on copywriting. And people started coming up to me and saying, can you help me with the copy on my website? And I'd never done that kind of work before, that kind of copywriting. I had just done kind of entertaining copywriting and branding stuff for TV. But I knew that I could do a better job than most people could writing for themselves because most people don't know how to write in a conversational way. And that's really the half of it. And so I said, sure, and started taking a few private clients and helping them with like their real estate websites, et cetera. And that was my entry into this weird online world. And over time, eventually, at first it was just kind of a side thing. And um, I lost my, in 2010, I lost my biggest contract for in TV. It was my bread and butter. It was a six figure contract, a year round work. And the network decided they didn't need me anymore, which was devastating to me. But I, and I thought, how am I going to make up this money? Um, but I knew that people needed my services. And I said, okay, I guess it's time to put up a services page. And that's what I did. I put up a services page. I hadn't been advertising my services. And I think I started writing to my list. I had just been sending them blog posts, which were about nothing uh, in a Seinfeld way. And um, now I started in my emails mentioning that I was available to hire as a copywriter and people started taking me up on it. And that's how my business started getting built in the online space and eventually I've segued completely from TV writing to online clients and then eventually I stopped doing that. Stopped taking private clients and being a copywriter for hire and started offering courses and programs and that's it. So I'm no longer for hire. I'm now, I'm now, I guess, a course creator and uh, mastermind runner and mentor and all those things that you become when you decide to scale and are tired of when doing you become, stuff. when you decide to become a big deal. <laughs> yes. When you decide to become a big effing deal. Exactly. So what do you like to, like, what do you like to teach most? Like, and I know, like, I mean, I read, I read some of your stuff and, you know, I, I just, to me, but, and maybe it's just because we have like similar personalities and sense of humors, but like what I love about the way that you think and the way that you write and you're creative is that is your humor, honestly. And I have always felt like we get to make people laugh, like even when we're not writing about something funny, you know what I mean? Because that's like what mm -hmm. connects us and to, to somebody more intimately. And everybody in this room who's listened to me before probably knows that I'm super into the idea of connection in mm -hmm. our, whether it be copywriting in person, whatever it is on the visibility. Like I get pissed off when I get on a Zoom, Zoom and people don't put on their camera. Like if I'm hosting oh, a yeah. Zoom and I'm inviting people and, I'm, and there's, you know, last night I had a Zoom, there was like a couple hundred people in the room. I was like, hey guys, um, what would it be like uh -huh. since I'm hosting this for you and showing up for you with a special guest? And we're talking all about gratitude. Put on your freaking camera. <laughs> and I get uh -huh. it. Like sometimes, sometimes, you know, people are naked or in the shower or it's dark or they're driving. I get it. But like that, 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 that feeling of intimacy is what makes all of the difference in human relationships, which ultimately means your business. And I will tell you, there are people who have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and all of the things, but they have inability to connect. And what yeah. I love about what you do is you connect so well through your copywriting. So I want to hear about like what that means to you and also um, 
just what you like writing best or what you've what you've liked teaching best. I love that you just talked about having the camera on or off on Zoom because I think that that, that's just a little light bulb for me. That's what you can do in your writing. And what I like to do in my writing, essentially, you can write in a way that turns your camera on for people and lets people into your life, lets them see you fully, um, lets them see a full picture of what you're doing or whatever story you're telling, even if it's not about you. And it is like having a camera on if you're using concrete details and telling stories and using real. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Specifics um, that that creates an actual picture. It is like having your camera on and it connects. So what I like writing best is stories about my life, things that happened, things I observed, things I overheard, and... I think that that's important for everybody in business, who's, especially if you're a personal brand and communicating as the face of your brand. Uh, I think it is key to let people into your life and tell fun stories. You don't have to be funny, but the truth tends to be funny. So you'll, you probably can't help it if you actually write in a true way. Um, so I, I started out my business when I didn't know what my list was for, what my blog was for, really. I just knew I should have one. I was telling stories that didn't have anything to do with what people opted in for. I was telling stories about how my dad used to call his rain boots rubbers and how embarrassing that was, or about growing up in New York when the streets were smeared with dog crap and full of pimps and perverts, um, and just personal stories. And those actually, even though they weren't helping anybody with their copywriting directly. They weren't giving them actionable tips, uh, which is what they opted in for. My opt-in was five secrets to non-sucky copy and, and still is. Um, people loved them and got a sense of me and said, I want to work with you. They helped build my brand because people felt like they knew me. And that's what your stories and what your writing can do is form that connection where, you know, every, everyone talks about giving actionable tips, actionable content, teaching, and it doesn't always have to be that. If you are telling stories about yourself, or it can be about other people, but in your with your point of view, people connect with you and they want to work with you and they want to buy from you. And even if you're selling the same thing everybody else is selling, they want it from you because they feel like you're the one they know and like. You know, this is really, really important. You guys should be writing this down because, you know, there is this, and there is this fine line between like how much personal versus how much, you know, education, mm. motivational, inspiration, whatever you're doing. Like I do see some people where all they post is personal and that's obviously not going to do it because you're not actually teaching anybody anything or moving the needle, taking somebody along a success path that they want to have. But when you don't put a little personality into it. So I found this, I'll give you an example. I found this um, yoga teacher online a couple days ago. I don't know how she appeared in my feed, probably just because I'm following somebody who follows, you know, who follows her. And she's got, she's like got a beautiful body, beautiful clothing, beautiful poses, all of the things. But like, there's no intimacy in the posts, meaning, and I don't mean intimacy, you guys, like sexual intimacy. I'm just talking like a connection. Like, 
I can't feel her personality. All it looks is like is like you know this beautiful body is posing against a really nice like backdrop with light, you know, and per in really pretty clothing. But I like I want to know like what's she eating, like who's she hanging out with, what's her personality like. I want to see her laugh. I want to see her without the makeup. And there's no stories, and the stories aren't really you know going any deeper. And it's very interesting because like there's a it's 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 like an art and a science, whether it's in your social media or whether it's in your copy blending that those two things you know i'll call one the educational piece which again can be inspirational motivational whatever your goal is to take your ideal customer or avatar or client you know along their success path but also blending it with enough personality where people want to hang out with you and get to know you and what people may not realize about social media is that yeah you can put up all the pretty things in the feed and have it be like a digital magazine but if you're actually not going live, if you're not doing, you know, some, a couple of cute reels, or if you're not like, uh, if you're not putting stories up in your feed, your existing audience really doesn't get to know you well. And it's almost like you ever walk by like Whole Foods or whatever. And it's like, there's a bulletin board and somebody's mm. just stuck up like, Hey, had puppies, you know, or looking for a cleaning <laughs> lady or whatever. And it's bland and it's boring. And it's just like, we just, we're numb to that now. We walk by it because it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to look for puppies, like I'm going to just ask some friends or look on Instagram or see them, but you know, if I'm connecting or find a breeder that way, I'm not like going to walk by a bulletin board that has no personality. And that's what your stories are like. And that's what your copy is like. It's like, you got to bring that person and, and just little nuances into it. So for people who follow me, you know that some of the things that like I am obsessed with is my 12-year-old, right? I just, I love how she's literally becoming, well, I've always loved her ever since she was a baby, but I love how she's literally becoming a teenager, like right before my eyes, like all the things, you know, like yesterday we got in the car and I'm like, are you wearing mascara? And she's like, no, I just put water on my eyelashes. I'm like, what? I said, are your friends wearing mascara? Yeah, Moon is and Bryn is. I'm like, do you want to wear mascara? No, the water works. It lasts about an hour. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> So like, that's definitely going to be a story at some point, right? Yeah. Just like bringing these little nuances of her personality and the budding body, by the way, right? And mm -hmm. the obsession with B her BTS, like Korean K-pop music into my, into my personality but it's it's a part of it. It's not the whole thing, but it allows people to massively connect and feel like they know me enough to trust me. And if I then get people on like a webinar or whatever it is, and I go to pitch or sell, not only do they know that I know my shiz, but they also know that I actually have a personality. You know what I mean? Yes, that's exactly it. By the way, that just, I love that story so much about putting water on our eyelashes. So that time when you're afraid of real makeup kind of and don't know how to use it but you want the effects because I it just reminds me of um I used to put like use baby powder on my face when I had a zit in you know when I was like 12 or something because I didn't know what else to use I didn't know anything about concealer and I would just dab baby powder on there which obviously did not do the trick um but I love that story and it, it's absolutely true it's people it builds trust and people really feel like they know you they feel like they're in your life and you're in their life and that, that if you hung out in real life you might be friends and that makes all the difference like who do we buy from and hire and and recommend to people it's always the one we know if somebody asked me do you have a lawyer to recommend i would always say oh my friend victoria because she's the one i know 
and trust. I also know that she's an incredible lawyer, but it's that's that is how it works. That's what your stories do. They make people feel like they know you and like you and it makes you relatable and that makes you trustworthy. Yeah. And so in copy, like the way that I always have interpreted that, it's not like you're going to go ahead and do, I mean, on a blog, you may write whatever you want to write, but on a, on a copy, like an email, you may not necessarily like be giving yourself like an entire life story to your customers every single day or week, no. but there might be like a little slip of a specific GIF or like an emoji or like a uh, something related to pop culture or what you're watching or what's going on in your life that adds that humor or connection. Yes. And um, I, I mean, I think tips and instruction are great and educating people is great, but that on its own, like you were saying, it doesn't, it doesn't let us in and you don't get a, we don't get a sense of you if you're just giving information. But if you're just, for instance, if I, if someone were to write uh, an email about or post about the importance of standing out and said, it's really important in business to stand out also in life. It's what distinguishes you and, you know, gives you an edge above the rest. That's so boring. And um, we're going to glaze right over it. And it's the same thing everyone else says. If you were to say instead, like as I was in the, you know, in the hairdresser's chair, um, and, uh, turn, you know, ha dyeing my hair blue, I was thinking about how I'll do anything to stand out something like, this. so you, you give a detail like that and it changes the whole thing. So it's again, right, just as you said, you don't have to tell your life story in every email. And I see some people doing that because they don't know what else to write. Like, I'm going to tell my origin story again. Uh, and I'm going to tell the whole thing. You can slip in little bits of storytelling just in one sentence or two sentences that change everything that you write. Yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, it's funny that you talked about like, oh, that's so boring because like I actually was trained initially, like my original training was I was, I was a, an attorney. So I went through college and mm -hmm. went through um, and I was in college. I was an American studies major. And then I went to law school and I mean, just between the four years in college and the three years in law school, Laura, I just read so much, so much, so much, so much. <laughs> and, you know, you're trying to read as fast as you can because they're giving you so much to read. And my eyes just got trained to glaze over copy. And uh, <laughs> I think that's happened to all of us over the last, you know, decade or so. And if your copy isn't standing out, you know, sometimes in, in, in my business, I have copywriters now. And I think, you know, you know, my main copywriter, um, uh, Christine, but sometimes she'll deliver something and I'll be like, what? This is boring AF. Can you Haleyize it? <laughs> and that just means like, you know, like you've got to put the personality in there and make it feel like I'm literally here in this inflection in the stone talking to you right now. Yeah. Otherwise it's a bunch of like SEO keywords strung together and no one's going to read it. Oh my yeah, gosh. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, tell, tell me, tell us like who writes copy in their business. Cause I think there's a misperception that people are like, Oh, well, I don't really need to write copy for my business. In my opinion, I'm like every single business has copy. Like everyone, this, this conversation is so important because every business writes copy. Oh yeah. I can't, I cannot think of a business that doesn't write copy or need copy. I, I, even things that we buy mostly from pictures. Um, I'm thinking right now of say online shopping, uh, Shopbop, which is the site that I use all the time. Oh, Shopbop. Uh, I love Shopbop because, especially because they have a, um, 
peel and stick shipping late return shipping labels that makes it so easy so you don't even have to use your printer but anyway they they have like most of the things i will pick from pictures but i'm probably drawn into the site i'm first of all i'm drawn in all the time by their emails which i keep saying i'm going to unsubscribe from because it's too tempting but they do a great job with just a little bit of copy even though even if it's okay so that's a problem that's a problem when your emails are so good yeah. people don't subscribe because it's too tempting to shop. Right. Not because right. of the opposite <laughs> words where you're right. not going to shop and you're not interested right. anymore. Exactly. But then we don't unsubscribe because, you know, um, because we have no self-discipline. But it, they'll have things like, I don't know, something, a line like the weekend edit or Simple things, I, I think better than this, but must-haves for fall, which is cliche, but I will click on it because I kind of want to know, because I kind of want to be told what to do, and um, I'm a sheep, a sheeple, but uh, I I like being instructed, and when it says edit, like the weekend edit or editor's picks, I want to know what the editor thinks, and that draws me in, and then I start browsing earrings and boots and all those things, and the copy might not be as important on those items, but the copy surrounding it is really important. Or if you look at, uh, there's like the most famous for product description is probably the J. Peterman catalog. And they tell full stories about a raincoat that I looked at one that was for a raincoat and there was a whole story about how we pray for rain and the importance of rain and, um, and it ended up with here's a raincoat that will make you pray for rain, or you'll just wear it even on sunny days. And, and they did a whole, they did such a good job in that catalog that there was literally a whole Seinfeld episode about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, back to Seinfeld, right? Um, and so everybody needs copy, even the things you think don't need copy because you think it's just the visual that sells it. The copy can also help sell it. So you use words everywhere. I mean, how do you express the value of something? It's uh, anything that you sell or offer. It's not through interpretive dance, right? It's through the words. And so, uh, I, and, and copy is everywhere. It's not just sales copy that we're talking about. There's copy in the emails that you send in your, in your broadcasts and newsletters that are not necessarily selling something. They might be just telling a story that keeps you top of mind and keeps you connected with your audience. Um, copy is, I come from actually magazines originally, and we would say we need copy for this article. So copy is just the words on the page. And I think of when we're talking about it now, copywriting, it's all the words that you use in your business, whether it's in the what we would call content or on the sales page right down to the words on your buy button. So we all need copy. That's how we express the value so that somebody says, I need that or I want that. I've got to have that now. Or I'm going to think about that. Next time I see it, I'm probably going to get it. Yeah, totally. All right, you guys, here's what we're going to do. We've got about 20 three minutes ish left we have to wrap up and move to the social media room about six or seven before the top of the hour so i've got a couple questions i want to keep asking laura i want to know how her business has shifted and how she's navigated the last year year and a half 
and, you know, what kind of intention she's had to set for herself. And I also want to talk about niching and lots of different things. But if you guys have questions, just so I can get a feel of when to stop talking myself and kind of pass it over and let her take some questions from you guys, will you go ahead and just give me a show of hands by blinking your mic on the stage now so I can figure out like how much time I need to set aside. So right now, if you're on the stage and you want to talk to Laura directly, you want to talk about anything that you've heard from, go ahead and blink your mic. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, unless my app is is not working. I don't see anybody blinking, which is amazing. I don't see any blinking. Which is crazy that nobody's taking advantage of, like, okay, Joy is. Anybody else? Anybody else? You guys, come over to their mic right now. And you don't have to. I can ask her, ask her a ton of questions, a ton of questions. But if you want some coaching, you want some tips, you want some, I mean, she doesn't do one-on-one anymore. She doesn't do anything like that. So this True. is your chance to pick a brain. All right. So we'll do Joy and Anna in a little bit. All right. And then you guys can um, DM me on Instagram if you want to come up, if you want to come up. I don't do the clubhouse uh, little airplane thing just because, number one, as soon as I close my app, I just never get your messages. And number two, even when I'm on the app, for some reason, clubhouse doesn't like to always send them out. Like they just get stuck in the abyss somewhere. And then the next day, there'll be like 30 or 40 messages. So you can just click on my bio and then you can scroll down to the bottom and come over to Instagram and send me a message there. Um, Okay. So let's talk about, let's just talk about what happened the last couple of, like, what have you seen in your business and other people's businesses, like the shift in, you know, digital, online, email, like what's happened when this whole world uh-huh. changed? Well, you know, I think that everyone, not everyone, I think that there has been a huge conversion to email where people understand that it's like people stop saying email is dead. They now understand that email is super important. I started getting into it when people were saying email was dead and I was writing a lot about think email is dead. Think again. Now you don't have to say that at all. Um, I think people understand that the al- that the algorithms of social media, of Instagram and Facebook and any of that are out to screw you and out to get money from you if you want any reach. And email is the way to go. So which is great for me because it's what I focus on and teach. And I have courses all around email. And now people are really eager to learn it either as professional copywriters, like, oh, I want to be a professional email copywriter. That's what a lot of people have decided. And not just because it's a fun medium that lets you tell stories and express yourself, but also because it doesn't require any design know-how, any knowledge of the frames and like what order things should go in on the page. You just are able to write like it comes from mail. So I think that that's been a huge shift. People understanding the power of email and wanting in on it and wanting to leverage their own and build their list. Now everybody understands the Why do you importance think of the think list. That email is dead. Why do you people think that people even have, do you think this is my theory. Mm-hmm. I think that there are people who are so unorganized in their own inboxes and can't manage their own inboxes and get so much spam or emails yeah. that they don't want that they have decided that email is dead because they don't yes. check their emails. I think that's exactly it. It's because they hate emails and they're overwhelmed by their inboxes and they know that they will respond to a text from a friend and they enjoy scrolling social media, but they have this feeling of dread when it comes to their inbox. However, those are those people are still opening emails that look good. They just don't really realize it. 
I know for sure that first of all, everybody checks email. You might have, um, you might feel dread when you think about it. Like, I don't want to check my emails. That's also usually people who work in corporate in some way and their inboxes are full of messages from like bosses and people about meetings and stuff like that. But we all check our emails and I don't see many people taking sabbaticals from email, but they do take sabbaticals from, they announce it all the time. I am going to be off of Instagram and Facebook for the next month, but it's, way harder to take a sabbatical from email if you are in the working world and have to communicate for a bit for your business or for your career. Um, but I do, I agree with you. I think that's why people were saying email is dead. And now I think now, now that the algorithms have become so much tougher on social and uh, every, everybody used that outage of Facebook and Instagram, that one day outage to explain what like anybody who's in email marketing was like, see, this is why you need an email list. And it's true. Of course, email can also collapse on you. Um, but you at least own your list. Like if your email service provider goes down, at least you own your list and you should always be, you should be downloading it regularly. Um, right. As a C, what is it? CSV file. Uh, I want to say CVS, but, um, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think that that is the main reason email is so much more powerful and something that, you, but like you own that land. People talk about it all the time. You don't want to but build your business on rented land, which is what social media is. You want to build it on land that you own and you own your email list. You own all those contacts. And those are people who've really signed up to hear from you. Even if they, uh, you know, even if they think they dread emails, if you're doing it right, you will get them to open your emails. Yeah. I mean, some of the things, and look, I mean, email, email fatigue and email overwhelm is a real thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm a person, I mean, we all get it because I mean, sometimes I'm like, how the hell I did not subscribe. Am I, am I getting, who is this person that's even emailing me? But there's so uh -huh. many different ways to actually just clean up. Maybe that's like a, a, like a resolution that people should have for the new year, because once you understand how to get out of that overwhelm and, and indulge in a clean inbox, I think you might have a different feeling like you can use you know, certain emails for shopping, you can email addresses, you can use certain emails for business. Like I have one that I use with, with my team. And then I've got another one that I use just like for support. And I've got another one that I use just for family. And I have an assistant who her entire job is only to check my email and manage my calendar. So when you get to a place where you're literally, you know, hiring people, you can have people. And then what she does is she creates, she, we've got a folder in my email, in my email box that says, Haley read it's in all capital letters and she <laughs> puts the important stuff and I've trained her how to go through and, and and decipher like what I need to have my hands on versus what she can actually take and put into a project management system for anybody on the team or what I might want to read so it's really fun when she's like hey got your COVID tests you're negative <laughs> <laughs> good congrats oh, you probably had to do that to go to the Bahamas right yeah I did it was a nightmare yes. getting there Yes. Um, and then it was, it wasn't just the COVID test. It's like, you actually need a visa now to get in there and you can't apply for the visa until you get the oh. results from the COVID test. And you're not allowed to take the COVID test until you're like three days before. So we're sitting there the night before going, are we flying? Cause yep. nobody's responding to us about this visa and that'll leave <laughs> tomorrow. It was all oh, so stressful. We decided at that point, we're like, we're not leaving the country anymore until this whole fiasco gets a little bit lighter. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, there's, there's websites now that you can, like I think there's one called in 
enroll or unenroll.me or something like that that I've gone yeah. through where you can just wipe out all of the, you know, the spam or anything that you don't want to be subscribed to anymore. There's ways you can easily in like 10 minutes clean out your boxes and then once you decide because it's just a decision you guys not to be not to be uh, overwhelmed by email you'll recognize that it's a very important it should be it is a very important part of your marketing your own marketing strategy oh yeah and you know what i'll say is at, like in the interest of being a good digital citizen and we don't owe this to anybody that we subscribe to but it's a nice thing to do and uh, if you believe in email karma then you'll want to do this is unsubscribe from anyone whose emails you don't open it's a favor to them i know it feels bad like if especially if you know them you're like oh i don't want them to see that i unsubscribe i think still unsubscribe because it hurts the health of their email list this is a whole other thing but it it hurts the health of their email list if you're subscribing and not opening their emails every time. So it's a, actually a nice thing to do for yourself and for them. Um, instead of seeing all these emails come in that you feel like, I should open that, but I don't want to, uh, then just unsubscribe and then they won't have dead weight on their list. That's just if you believe in, in yeah, and another email thing karma. Is adding even like higher level strategy to that karma. Like if you do subscribe to a list now because you want to stalk somebody like, oh, you want to see what Laura's doing, you want to see what I'm doing, you want to see what somebody else is doing. And then in a month you've had enough of us, you know, unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah. that is another thing that you can do to just get people because you're right. Like when when people are not opening your emails, my emails, Laura's emails, somebody's emails, what will happen is is like when the delivery it, it affects our delivery rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. So you'll want to you'll want to do that and um, ask people the same favor when they're on your list. I think it's like it's actually a nice thing to do. And I promise you, if anyone here is subscribed to me and wants to unsubscribe, I don't look at my unsubscribes. I think it's a terrible thing to do to yourself. So I don't look at them. I used to when I was starting out and I was like, oh, my God, my friend Leslie just unsubscribed. And I was stung by it for months. Um, I never look at that. I know it's just a healthy thing and they're all different reasons for somebody unsubscribing. It could be that they were like you just said that, that we were stalking you and now they're done. And it could be that they're you're just that they're in a new season now and they don't need like what they were obsessed with before they're no longer obsessed with. And um, again, it could be that they just like have stopped looking at those emails and um, so you can't, you don't want to take it personally and don't be afraid of someone taking it personally when you leave. Yeah, absolutely. So Laura, let's talk before we just open up for questions, just about like being intentional with your time as we're moving into the end of the year and into a new year. Mm. And as we're talking about, um, you know, structure, like getting things done, being, being productive. Can you speak to that at all? <laughs> not as well as you can i'm terrible with like it it's my downfall but i'll tell you what i do at, on a daily basis to make sure i'm a little bit productive because i'm terrible with time i'm terrible with putting things in my calendar and then obeying that like following through with them if it's just for me um and so I do think that's a great thing to do. But what I do every day is I start off the day writing in 750words.com. And that is my, it's my writing practice. It's my journaling practice. It is a great way to brain dump and get all the garbage out of my head. And it's also a great way to 
I mean, it's what journaling is for in a way. It's both getting your feelings out onto the page and um, like creating more understanding with yourself, but also keeping a record of your life. I think that's really important. And I love that I have years and years of these daily 750 words or uh, entries for, from, um, for myself. So I download them and it's like having a stack of journals. So that makes me feel that sets up my day. It makes me feel like I've gotten something done. And I do that with my photography. Like when I'm somewhere like last week, I was, it doesn't have to be in the Bahamas. I could literally be honestly walking down the street. There's so many good things that I find to take images of, but like, Mm -hmm. I will like stock up and I'll take instead of like a picture, you know, I'll take like seven or I'll take, you know, and I was doing this all last week because I was sending over to my social media team, like all stuff. So that with the copy that we have, that was going out, we had, you know, in real life images and every day because me, cause I was on a trip and there was obviously more things to take, take, take pictures of, you know, I'd be sending like 40 photos over a day, but like we create files of them and, you know, we can use them over and over again And, you know, without hiring a professional photographer. So think about that with your writing and with your photography. That's a great tip. Like, are you, there's actually like a word for it. What's it called? Where you actually bulk or chunk or batching batch. And to me, it's like not, I'm not like setting it up, like putting it on my calendar, like batch photos today. It's just like when I see something motivating and inspiring to me, I'm like, all right, let me just shoot this from like seven different angles. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's so smart and it's also nice for you. Like it's a great asset for your team, for social media, but then also down the road, it'll be nice for you. And it's something that creative that you do, even if you're not doing it as a creative exercise. Oh, I'm totally doing it as a creative exercise. Uh, I love, it's like, absolutely. Like my photography is like one of my, and I'm not a photographer, but since I started using social media, photography to me has become my creative outlet. I love taking photos. I love using different lenses. I love using different filters. I love the color enhancing. And when you guys see my photos on social media, when you, if you ever come to like a, a presentation that I do, like we use it everywhere on my website, in my PowerPoints, like I love taking pictures. Uh, see, I think that's such a great thing. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing when you have a, some sort of creative discipline that you're something that you're really into as a hobby, but even better when it is integrated with your business, when it's also useful for your business. So that's kind of a, it's a sweet double whammy that you can use those pictures for social media and then you have them and you've done something creative and you probably get better and better at it. All right, you guys, since we only have 43, 44, 46, I can't believe I'm counting my fingers in front of you guys. All right, like six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know that, I I don't, is Joy still here? I know she had a question. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, I'm here. Laura, this has been great. And I do have such intense friend guilt when it comes to the unsubscribe. (laughs) So I think you you unlocked a lot for everyone in this room who was like, oh, but that's my friend and they're going to and now I feel so bad. Uh, so thank you for that, first of all. And two, I'm just so fascinated by people's copy. So I'm wondering when you're writing your own copy for like Instagram captions, let's say, is brevity better? Or do you find that storytelling is more engaging? Because I do find that when people write long captions, I sit there and read them all. And I think yeah. to Haley's point at the beginning, that sense of connection, it's not just a picture, it is a life behind it. So would love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah. Well, so 
specifically about Instagram captions. So those are a beast on their own. I, I'm a long storyteller. Like my captions tend to be really long, almost blog posts, or sometimes I do transfer my emails or my blog posts to Instagram and then I have to trim it down. It's like, you are 140 characters over. I'm like, oh crap. And I keep, I start turning all the ands into ampersands. Um, so I go, I go, that's all to say that I go long and not everybody's going to read it. In fact, I think most people are probably not going to read it, but that doesn't matter. You're not writing for everybody. You're writing for those people who are going to enjoy it. And I think as long as you make the actual, like the first few lines that show, you know, that show before you click see more, as long as you make those interesting, then you're, you're golden. And the rest is gravy. The rest is for those hardcore fans and readers who love a good story. And I think it's totally worth putting in there. Then you become known for telling great stories in your captions. And people know, like, I'm going to read the whole caption of Joy's. I love that. You're a continued in the comments kind of girl, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This has been a great hour. Appreciate you. Thank you. Great question. All right. Who else was blinking their mic? Can you guys shout out here? I We've got a lot of people on stage here, and I know there was at least one other person who had a question for Laura. There's Laura, another Laura, I think. Yes. Hi, Laura. Hi. So we have Good the name. same name. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I also took the copy cure, and Yay. I did it. I did so because. Um, I really wanted to see kind of what the proper way of writing was. But what mm-hmm. I loved about your instruction is that you, you're you actually letting your personality shine through. And yeah. in, in a non-shy way, it's kind of like very like, this is me. And mm-hmm. I love that about you. So and, you. I, and it gave me permission to write that way too. I was I'm so glad. Yeah, yes. Go ahead, sorry. I was just wondering, were you always able to write like that? Or is that did you ever have to overcome that feeling of like seeming unprofessional or not serious enough that that we all feel we need to be as writers? You know, I think I naturally segued into it. Like once social media was a thing and once I was writing blog posts and all that, um, because I felt like that's what the medium is. It's, it's writing in a social way and writing like you're having a conversation. I understood that naturally, but I've looked back at my old college papers and I've never, so I've never worked in a place that required really formal writing. I've never worked in law or anything like that. I went straight into magazines and then TV. So I didn't have that drilled into me in the workforce, but in college and high school. So I'm, I, I, at my mother's house, which is which is my childhood house, my childhood bedroom, I have a file drawer full of old papers from college and high school, and they are so dry. And I feel so bad for the professors and teachers who had to read them, although they're the ones who taught us to write that way. But my God, they're so formal, overwritten, overwrought sentences. And so I, th- I think that's drilled into all of us. And um, we especially you know, get uh, big red cross outs when we put in contractions, contractions for those of you who need a grammar refresher, those combo words, like instead of um, would have, it's would have, or instead of I will, it's I'll. And when you're growing up taking English, 
or that later working in corporate, somebody might cross those out and say, you have to write those full out. And it feels bad. It feels bad to have those big red cross outs or points taken off. And so I think that's so drilled into us so deeply that it's really hard to get out of that formal construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you are so not alone if you feel that, like that is the question I get the most is how do I let go of that corporate style and get over feeling like people won't take me seriously if I write like myself, if I write the way I talk. And um, I think it's about knowing what you like, what you respond to. And if you respond to somebody who's writing like they talk, and uh, if you respond to casual, um, informal, friendly writing, then I think the people you're talking to will as well. And also as for not being taken seriously or coming across as unprofessional, I think it it certainly used to be that formal was professional and even you can hear it in commercials. It is, you know, um, the finest car of its kind, you know, that kind of formal fifties language. That's how they used to be. But now (laughs) I would say definitively that casual is the new professional. You don't want to confuse corporate and buttoned up with professional. Um, Like think about, Apple, their tagline, think different. That's grammatically incorrect, but it's one of the most successful taglines of all time. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. I I can relate mostly to the casual conversational writing, and that's what mm. I prefer to do, but I always was a little insecure about actually putting it out there and be have it on my website and things like that. It kind of made it very permanent. Um, so uh-huh. I feel good that <laughs> you set an example and kind of gave permission to do that and it's okay. So thank you so much. Oh, and Laura, real quick, before yeah, we wrap ahead. up, do you want to just talk mm-hmm. if you can, I mean, we really do have to end the room at, um, 8.53, my time, 10.53, your time. Otherwise we won't be able to have the replay here available for everybody, okay, but okay. real quick about what the difference is between long form and short form, because there is a purpose to write longer form emails and longer form sales pages. But when you're having conversational emails, there's also a point of like, hey, you know, short and simple, because like what, you know, what is the point of longer here? You know what I mean? Yeah. I So I don't think like there's never a time where I'm like, this is going to be a long one or th- sometimes I will say this is going to be a short one because I know that short is, um, well, it's easier to read. It's effective and it's considerate. So I I believe in writing as short as you can and still getting the point across or the story across. But I say go long when you have more to say. And if you're talking about an email or sales page that's selling something, I think the higher the value, like the higher the price point, the longer you have to go because you have to give all the information. But I will say that when it comes to your broadcast emails, nobody ever unsubscribed because your email was too short. So don't be, don't ever think I don't have enough to say to fill this today. Uh, one sentence is great. If you can make it a sentence, that's what I would say about long and short. Yeah. Hopefully that helps you guys. 
All right. So if you guys want to get in touch with Laura real quick, go to her bio right here on Clubhouse. Check her out. See how you can find her. She's also the Talking Shrimp on Instagram. She's got a beautiful website and she's lots of fun to hang out with on social media and in her inbox. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for all hanging out with us today. Make sure you click the link above the top people, the top rows heads. Who's in the top row right now as I refresh my my screen? Right above me, Candace Joy. Um, there's a morning five planner there created by Glenn and the team of Breakfast of Champions. And we are going to move over right now to the social media morning show. So have a great Friday and we'll see you in the other room. Thanks again, Laura. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Haley. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.